0: All right. I have with me Jasmine Ako. Jasmine is a 2019 Yale SOM MBA graduate, and she currently lives in Los Angeles, California. Although today she, I think, is taking this from somewhere else that's even more tropical and even more sunny. So I'm going to talk to Jasmine about her life after graduating from Yale SOM and hear her journey and what went on and just some reflections from her experience of being a MBA graduate. So first and foremost, Jasmine, as always, thank you for joining me. This is your, I think you're a pro now at this point, because you've been on so many times, (laughs) but I guess... Just to start, let's set the scene. So this is sometime I'm presuming in May or June of 2019 or, or whenever it was. You're, you're, it's graduation day. You're walking across the stage or whatever it was. You're getting your diploma. I presume some of your family or your friends are there. And you get your diploma and you go and you celebrate. Walk us through that experience. What was it like? What were you feeling? like? What was exciting? What was scary? What was draining? What, tell us what's kind of going on, both step by step, as well as what you're thinking and feeling in your head.
1: Yeah, definitely. First, um, thanks for having me again, Al. It's, it's always a pleasure getting getting to chat with you. But yeah, thinking back to MBA graduation, I'll first say I'm actually someone who loves graduations in general. I, I feel like they're such a great culmination and celebration of all the hard work that we or others have put into a program or degree that they're graduating from. And we get to do it surrounded by the people we love. It's actually Pre-MBA, I used to work for, for a school system and graduations, when I would go to them at the end of each year, they always made me tear up seeing our seniors go off uh, to the next chapter of their lives. But it's obviously really special when you're a part of it yourself. And I feel like my ELS S graduation, it was a day where it comes so fast. The two years go by incredibly rapidly and just getting to reflect back on all the personal and professional growth I'd achieved as well as that of my peers. But I think one element that made my MBA graduation really special, maybe unlike perhaps my undergrad graduation or our other types of ceremonies, is that I actually knew like every one of my classmates who was walking across the stage to get to their diploma. So I feel like, you know, not only was it obviously a source of pride to, to walk myself, but getting to cheer like literally every single person who walked across the stage, some with their babies, knowing, oh, there goes Melissa or there goes Jesse, like people that I knew. That was just really special and feeling like it was this shared sense of celebration and knowing my friends were going to go off and do great things in their careers and in the world.
0: I think the point you made about watching your classmates walk across the stage and being like, oh, and, and certainly being happy for them. but I think that makes a ton of sense and also just speaks also as just a person that you are, but maybe drilling deeper into that. What is it from what you know about that person walking across the stage that makes you either so happy for them or so impressed by them for what they've been able to accomplish? Because you did have this shared experience and certainly you've gotten a chance to know them, but what is it that, you know, is going on in your head or like when you do see them get that diploma and having had that experience with them, like what kind of comes to mind or like, why is that so impressive?
1: Yeah, such a good question. I, I think it's a flood of emotions because it, it's like you're playing a bit of a montage in your head of all of those moments that you've had with your classmates, whether it's grinding through some difficult problem sets for homework or those difficult conversations you have when you're trying to figure out what internships or career decisions to make. And just knowing that these people, one, they were like an incredible support system for me going through my own MBA journey, but then just also a source of pride, like seeing them be able to make, you know, their own pretty stark transitions in their career from maybe it's one industry to another. I had a friend who successfully started her own business. And yeah, I guess the meaning of it is yeah, it's like you're standing on this precipice and you're getting to leap off into this new chapter of your life. But being able to also have experienced the the MBA is challenging. So I think knowing that they had put so much hard work and effort into this process and then the graduation is a really nice way to say you did it (laughs) and then you're off to the next thing.
0: Yeah. And I think to your point, when Number one, like when you've been in the trenches with someone else, and I think that shared experience certainly evokes, like you said, the ups and downs that you go through in order to achieve any type of accomplishment. And so that's probably something that I think about back in my, when for my graduation that comes to mind. But I also think that to your point, simply put, yeah, it's a hard and challenging experience. And sometimes it, it doesn't really go the way that you think it's going to go. And everyone in their own right experiences their own challenges and setbacks. And so I think in that moment, when you can see someone have their moment to walk across the stage, in many respects, it is an acknowledgement that they have they've been to battle and they've, they've found their own victory, their own way to, to win in spite of whatever challenges that they had to accomplish. And then I think the other thing, at least for me, it was that, and for those who are fortunate to have it, like having your family or friends there with you. I think it's another really, a really meaningful like aspect. And I think that one of the things I think about for the MBA experience that often goes overlooked to start, but I think people eventually feel it is that you cannot do the MBA alone. Like your name may, may be on the degree and it may be on the transcript, but there are so many other people who are with on the journey with you, who help you along the way, or you rely on along the way for that matter.
1: Yeah, no, that's such a great point.
0: Okay. One more thing to ask you about with that. And I don't know if you've thought about this at the time, but I'm curious. So graduation is the last time you all are together, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. After being with each other more or less like every day for two years. Did that ever cross your mind? Or as someone who I think you probably had some good friendships, uh, relationships you built in school How did you think about that? Because I'm sure not everyone decided to move to LA like you did. They they went their ways. So was that something that you thought about at all or that came to mind?
1: (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. I I feel like the whole last month, actually, it was fairly bittersweet, because our program, and I'm sure other MBA programs, there's all of these culminating activities and social events in in that final month, and your time is coming to a close. So there there is a a veil of bittersweetness, I think, over everything, but I think also there. There was an eagerness on our part, knowing that this was coming to a close. I think people were excited for the next step as well. But knowing that, I I think the beauty, at least of Yale, is people do scatter around the world. But I feel like no matter what city I go to, both domestically and internationally, there's one of my classmates is there. So there's a beauty in that as well.
0: Certainly. So let's talk about that. So you graduate and eventually you make your way out to LA. You go back uh, to work. And you're in a new role. So let's just talk first. What was it like to go back to from school to the quote unquote working world? Mm -hmm. And obviously you were in the working world before, so it's not incredibly foreign. You were in this other environment for the past prior two years. So what was it like to go back to work in that first kind of post MBA, post school job?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's only a year and a half ago, Albert. it feels like a while. So I was actually really excited to go back to work. Maybe that sounds odd, but I I think after taking a two plus year break from working, a lot of us were eager to go back, apply what we learned in business school. And perhaps adding a, a dose of realness here to make a steady paycheck again. And But I think for me, my first month back to work in, in consulting felt a little bit of a mini reunion of sorts since I'd interned there the summer before. So that was definitely a plus, like getting to work on the first day and having seeing familiar faces and people who I knew were supportive of me. And even though I was based in our LA office, kind of the first month of that experience was training. So I actually flew out flew back to the East Coast, ironically, to the Boston area and, and had a couple of weeks of training. And so that was exciting. Certainly the job was, had elements of it that were unfamiliar, but it was nice to to have a little bit of familiarity to fall back on. And then similarly having a, a cohort of, we call like our, our consultant cohort who are all starting at the same year to, to have. And so it, I think there's a reason why they sometimes call consulting a little bit of a second MBA, because so the experience can sometimes feel a little
0: bit similar. I think that's a great point. And I think that having worked in consulting both out of undergrad and out of business school, for me, at least, that was one of the best parts was the fact that you did get surrounded by a whole group of people who are in a somewhat similar you know, kind of stage of their career as, as you are. And so you don't have to do it alone, and you don't have to start alone. And at least for me, in my case, many of the friends I ended up making post-business school living in San Francisco came from the cohort of peers that I started with because most of us had never lived in San Francisco before. We weren't from the area, but we all had just graduated from business school. And so we were doing a similar thing. And so that to me was like a value add and something that I was certainly grateful for. But talk a little bit about getting into the job itself. Again, this is this is coming home in the sense of you intern there, but like in general, it's certainly a new it's it is a new industry, like it's part of the reason why you went to business school to transition into something new. But mm-hmm. and at the same time, consulting is somewhat notorious for having a little bit of a ramp time in terms of mm-hmm. getting up the speed. So mm-hmm. talk, talk a little bit about what it was like to not only transition into something new, what were some of the highlights of it that were good? What were some of the hard things about it from your experience?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I think the answer to what's both exciting and challenging, I think when I started consulting is the same thing, which is that steep learning curve. I'm someone who loves learning. I think many of us who there's probably a bias for people who pursue grad school or go to business school, it's because we're constantly pushing ourselves, we want to learn new things. And so I think that was definitely one of the most exciting aspects of starting a career in consulting. Since I think what motivated me to go to business school in the first place, I felt my learning was starting to plateau. So. Having think so much being new was both exciting, you know, but also daunting because uh, I think I was used to being a subject matter expert in, in what I was doing before. So I was coming from the education and nonprofit space and then being thrust into this environment where... I truly didn't know anything it was exciting, but also very humbling because I knew I wasn't the smartest person in the room and didn't have that built up knowledge and expertise that my colleagues who had been doing it for a while had. So I think it's a dual in that sense and that it was both exciting and challenging. And I think they were also just getting comfortable, I think, with asking for help and then being resourceful and trying things out was probably another like big challenge for me personally, and actually Coming out of business school and doing a lot of reflection in some of my leadership classes, I knew that was something that was an area of growth for me, like being able to ask others for help because I'm the type of person where I think a good analogy is I had knee surgery in the spring semester of my uh, second year, and I realized how bad I am at accepting help from other people. And so if you translate that to like a work environment, I was trying to figure all of these things out on my own. And as a result, sometimes shooting myself in the foot as a result. So I think learning how to be much more receptive to and vulnerable and asking other people for help. And I think that's also a model of consulting is certainly a firm I'm at, which is super collaborative and hands-on. I think being letting your guard down and being comfortable with letting others lead the way first was something that I had to get up to speed on pretty fast.
0: Yeah, totally. And just to explore that further, I think that the the dualities of life or the paradoxes of life are, are what are sometimes the most interesting. And in your case, to your point, you came from this field where you were used to being an expert to inherently going into an industry where you are constantly not, at least at first, the expert, right? Mm-hmm. How, I know you talked a little bit about accepting help, but just in general, how did you sort through that, right? Because to your point, like sometimes the things that make it exciting are also the things that make it daunting. How did you in your mind sort through this notion of I'm really used to and feel confident when I am the expert, but part of my job inherently right now is being put in situations that where I'm not going to be the expert. And that is part of the value of being a consultant getting thrown into a situation that you may not know, but where you can still find ways to to deliver. So how did you sort through that duality? Because in some respects, it can seem like contrasting views, if you will.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's such a good question. I think one thing I did, and this is how I learned, I think, is having a lot of targeted conversations with people who were, say, a year or even two years ahead of me and just asking them like, okay, when you first started, like in your first like six months, what are like the, what are those mistakes I should avoid? Like, how did you approach this duality Uh, of we want to prove ourselves? We're all like smart driven people also want to not hold our teams back and, and make sure things are running efficiently. So I received a lot of tactical advice from people. And, and when I say people who are a year or two in, these are also young folks who are out of one or two years out of undergrad who are extremely sharp and then some of our best assets at our company and just asking them for, for help and advice. And I think I, I learned that, and this probably rings true across all industries when you're new, I think when you show your willingness to learn and admitting, hey, I don't know much, but I'm I'm eager to help and learn and and providing that, showing that mentality. I think people really warm up to that as opposed to coming in, assuming, oh, I I have all of the answers. I think that's like the wrong angle to approach it from. I think that helped. And just like little tactical tips I learned as well, where maybe I would try something for half an hour or so. And if I hit a dead end at that point, it's okay, Jasmine, you should probably ask someone like, what's the best way to do this as opposed to banging your head against the wall
0: for hours. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think those are all great points. And the, the other thing I always remember is that, listen, there's people who have already done this before you, and you may not do it the same way, but they've figured it out. And number one, you can figure it out. But number two, they've probably already asked the many of the questions that you probably are asking yourself. And so- it's always a great place to at least start before you take it on yourself to identify the solution that works best in your specific instance, but you don't have to tackle it alone per se.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think that in your case, it sounds like you knew going into business school that you were going to be a career switcher into change into mm-hmm. something new. And I think you know people figure that out and whatnot. And so they are like, I used to do this and now I want to do this. And then they go about and they do get that new industry or that new function or that new role. But I would love to know maybe from your perspective, now that you actually have had to get through the tactical how of making that career transition, is there anything you wish you knew with the benefit of hindsight just about the transition in general? Aside from I wanted I was doing X and now I want to do Y and I've gotten it like tactically, is there anything you wish you knew about either what it was going to be like to make the transition that you made or just a career transition in general, because I feel like it's at times like people really do think about, okay, this is what I want to do. But now that you've actually lived through it, is there anything you <laughs> knew you knew in advance?
1: Yeah, it's such a good question, and I think reflecting on it, one one thing that I could have probably given more thought, and I didn't really realize until I was, you know, in consulting for six months or more it's a structural differences in jobs. So I feel like we often think about if you're switching functions or industries, you think about, oh, like the subject matter changes or maybe your day-to-day tools you're using or the analysis you're performing is different. But consulting was just so structurally different. When I say that, when your team, like your actual people you work with, like change every month, or when the actual industry or problem you're solving changes every month, that requires different mental jujitsu and an al- and also I think was something that I wasn't used to because I, for some context, I worked with the same team and had the same manager for three straight years, like before I went to business school. So as a consequence of those like structural differences, I had to develop skills that were different from before. So for example, actually learning how to work with people with different work styles very quickly is something that maybe I wouldn't have thought about when I was recruiting for consulting. I was thinking more about, okay, I need to know how to case. I need to think about business strategy and profits and losses and frameworks, but the structural and people elements of the job I feel have had kind of a broader impact on 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 how I think about my job then sort of those day-to-day tasks are a little bit easier to pick up with time. So I think that's perhaps something I I wish I knew and had maybe contemplated and thought about a little more before I came into consulting. And then the second is just the the number of hours. I, I feel like when you're, you know, having informational interviews and you're considering a career change and someone says, oh, I work this amount and it's long and you're like, I get it, of course, like, I can work hard. Um, But when you're actually living through the day to day, and when it impacts your your life, and and the decisions you make with your family and your partner and your friends, it's very different when you're actually going through it. And that might sound silly, like, oh, like, how could you not have thought about that? But I do feel like thinking, even about like my own classmates and and people going through this transition for the first time. It's been hard. It's been a hard transition, and and having to figure out that balance is something I'm still learning and still figuring out my way through.
0: Totally, I'm still learning and still figuring it out too. So I definitely <laughs> can understand and relate to that. And let's talk about that transition uh, even a little bit more. So maybe could you talk about what was like that first big challenge? that you encountered like in this new role? What was it and how eventually were you able to work through it and what did you learn from it?
1: Oh man, there are so many. I'll pick one just because it sticks out in my head and it does, I think, tangibly illustrate that duality example we're speaking about before about a learning curve being both exciting but also very challenging in that it was my second project. I think I was in my job for three months and I found myself alone in the office. I was in New York because I was traveling for a case and it was 4 a.m. I was by myself and I was trying to get this consumer survey to work. So we often will write and develop our own market research surveys to collect insights from the market on maybe a particular industry or a company that we're evaluating. And when I came into work the next day and I had my coffee and I probably had like bags under my eyes. My coworker was like, oh, like how long were you in the office? I was like, I was here till four. And she looked at me like I was a crazy person. And she said, why? And so I sat down with her. And after the fact, I realized I was burning myself out for no reason and had basically could have done this particular task in a 10th of the time, because if I had just asked her, like to give me some examples and but what I had done was I was like, no, I'm going to, it's going to be perfect. And I'm going to do this by myself. And I'm going to like muscle my way through it. And I was exhausted and unhappy because I hadn't found the more efficient route and hadn't just sat down with someone. And if I had spent 20 minutes with her and she had talked me through it, it would have been so much more simple. And I just feel like I had this irrational fear as a new person on the job where I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to show that I knew how to do the job well, but it came at the expense of my well being And honestly, the efficiency of the project, like I could have Finish this task the night before, but instead it was delayed till the next morning. So I I think it's a good example of my own like stubbornness and trying to push through actually backfiring. But I feel like when I share this story with other colleagues of mine, like everyone has a story like that. And it was just a good reminder. And I've, ne- I've never had another, I guess now we're working from home, but I haven't had another night like that where I'm working alone until the wee hours of the morning, because there are certainly ways to avoid it. And, but I think the bigger lesson here was I should have reached out and asked and there's always a simpler way. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's a great story. And one of the things I would say is that the reason, maybe perhaps the reason why you haven't had another night in the office till four in the morning is because you had one then and now it's never <laughs> happened again because you learned. So it's not all for naught, I'm suggesting. But that said, to the earlier point you made about learning how to ask for help and learning when to ask for help, I think this very much speaks to that the point you were making there right of this is something where in hindsight it would have been a great opportunity to to ask for help which could have saved you time and gotten you more sleep. but certainly in the moment your mindset is I need to get this thing done I want to prove that I am a self-starter or that I can do this on my own right or whatever it is and so again, but it's going back it's going back to that duality of wanting to take ownership and learn while also working smart, not hard in some mm-hmm. situations and figuring out what lever to pull when. And I don't know, I'm inclined to think that sometimes the only way to figure out how to handle those situations is to handle it poorly, not poorly, but handle it poorly. And then the next time- No,
1: I completely agree. I feel like I've always learned the most from the worst moments, as opposed to, mm-hmm. it's its like you, those moments that sting is where there's the most learning to be had. And now I really know how to write a survey.
0: <laughs> sure. So. That's great. That's great. Let's flip it around then. Maybe what was like a, a moment you had, maybe like a win, right? Or maybe something mm-hmm. you were really proud of where you did do really well or you really were really happy or or you did achieve a goal. You know, what's something that comes to mind there?
1: Oh, good question. I would say I'll tie this answer to so one of the things that I've liked the most about this job is it's the first one where I've gotten to formally manage other people. And it's so rewarding. And it's honestly easy when the people you manage are great at what they do and and really smart and, and collaborative. And, and I've been, I feel like I've been so lucky as a manager to just have like really great people working um, on my teams. And so I think one of the things I'm most proud of is probably getting that upward feedback. So we do have a formal upward feedback for, process in the firm I'm at, but also informally, just getting feedback from associates. So these are people who are fresh out of undergrad, usually one to three years into their consulting careers, but just feedback from them that they feel really well supported. For me as a manager, I think that means a lot. And it's an interesting role to play. And I think actually probably affects a lot of post MBAs in their job is you're learning the job at the same time that you're expected to manage other people's performance and then make sure that that they're well supported as well. And so. I found that because I really enjoy playing that role of supporting other people and maybe at the expense sometimes of supporting myself. But that's something that I'm really proud of is just receiving that positive feedback from the people that I manage that they feel that they've had a positive experience on a project. And it's perhaps because of something that I've done in terms of conversations I've had or setting them up for success.
0: Sure. That's a good one. And I'm curious from that moment or that experience how has that factored into maybe other assignments that you've asked for or you know, things you've raised your hand for or other opportunities that you've had? And I guess without leading the witness too much here, I'm curious if that has enabled you to ask for more opportunities to do that or, yeah, what that? has that led to anything else for you just professionally?
1: Oh, good question. Maybe not formally. So I'm just a year and a half and not up for promotion yet. But mm-hmm. I think informally on our projects, you progress from what they call a like individual contributor. So that's when you're just maybe overseeing a discrete component of a project to playing more of an internal case team leader role. And that's what, or an internal project leader role. So that's preparing you to be a project leader. And I feel like I've um, definitely played more of that elevated role on a team in recent months. And I think The project leadership, so like the partners, definitely recognize and appreciate when a team is running smoothly because the dynamics of the team are strong. And so I think that's how it comes through. But I think another role that I play at my firm, and I think is perhaps a role that I imagine must exist at other firms, is something called a counselor. And that's when you are, you're not directly managing someone, but you're basically acting as the nexus and collecting feedback from other people that person has worked with and helping to provide and facilitate the formal feedback and professional development process for that individual. So I'm a new counselor this year, which is really exciting, just getting to to play that role for someone early on in their career. And they just have so much trust in you as someone who's usually their 22 straight out of undergrad and getting to be that sounding board. So I, I really enjoy playing that role.
0: It's a great role. It's great for you. And I think that it's an, um, having worked in a consulting firm, I know the importance and value of a really good counselor. And I also have seen the detriment of having an absent one or a not a great one. So I'm yeah. glad that you are one because I, I know you will be, I know you will be a great one. And uh, And on that notion of being a counselor, I think that it's certainly every year, MBA's graduate and so every year more and more MBAs go into this notion of like life after business school and and that transition that you made a year and a half ago they're going to be making soon or are in the process of making and with that and with your experience as well as some time to reflect what are some pieces of advice or some guidance that you would give to recently graduating or soon to be graduating MBAs as they make the transition you know, back into the working world or the transition to the next stage of their life or any types of changes that they're going to be making personally or professionally?
1: Yeah, such a good question. I feel like so much responsibility in this answer. I think one, uh, and one that just because I think about it myself, one piece of advice would be to remember your why. And what I mean by that is there will inevitably be challenging moments in the job. And I think I've certainly contemplated this question just in the last six months, like with the pandemic and with racial unrest. And I think it's just been a very challenging year overall. It's good to go back and revisit the concrete reasons you chose to make the particular decisions you did to pivot or transition your career. Maybe it was to gain really specific skills or experiences. Maybe it was to manage others, to lead and challenge yourself in new ways. Just remember those and lean into them. When I this might sound cheesy, but when I had trying, I had a really trying moment at work and I went back into my Google Drive and I pulled up my MBA admissions essay <laughs> and I reread it. And I was like, no, this is why I put in all of this work. It took two years off from working and a huge financial investment of business school. And just re-anchoring yourself on those core tenets, I think can be like a nice way to to ground yourself as you transition into whatever you're doing next. So that's one. And I think the second is just the importance of continuing to maintain what I think people are familiar with the term, like your personal board of directors. Because I think it's easier in business school when you're just, you're surrounded by your peers and your classmates, and you're constantly having these great organic conversations and bouncing ideas off of people and commiserating. And as busy as I've been in consulting, I I think I've I do, and it does require effort, but I've made a point to regularly keep in touch with a few of my classmates who I just have developed deep relationships with and are maybe going through similar things and both from Yale, but also just like my broader MBA and professional network. And I I even have like a standing check-ins with some of them and we just check in, we chat about what's going on in your career, how is life outside of work, how is that impacting you at work. And I think keeping those meaningful relationships going is just so important. And having a sounding board of people that are both inside and outside of work is so key.
0: I think that's great advice. Jasmine, thank you so much uh, for being here today and for sharing a little bit about your journey uh, to the post-MBA world. Thanks for joining.
1: All right, thanks so much, Al.
0: Hi everyone, Al D here, and thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to MBA school.com backslash podcast.